everyone. Woo! We're trying to kind of fix the camera there. Okay. Um, welcome. Uh, I want to, while everyone's joining, and this usually for Facebook, just for if you're doing a Facebook Live session, um, typically it takes people probably about 30 seconds to a minute to actually join. So our habit is to use filler, but I try to start off with a question and then we get into the topic in about a minute or two as more people join. So here's the question for today. We're on episode 48. So if you haven't watched the other 47 hours of marketing, uh, real estate marketing coaching and seen examples and gone through all of that, hey, good morning, Jerry. Um, then it's probably a good idea for you to go back through. Not only that, but Tom Mayer, who's probably on, has probably asked uh, or mentioned several times now that he goes back and actually listens to them either in the car or while he's fixing you know, breakfast or, or dinner. So he gets a chance to um, be reminded of some of the marketing tips that are so critical for you to stand out from your competition. And that's really the premise behind Power Words, Power Profit is that we want you to use individual power words that will strengthen your brand amongst your competition. So good morning, Judy. Um, so we want to, the, the question I have for you, and I, I want to see how many people have actually tried this, so get prepared to write I have or, or not yet, and we'll cover this a bit next week because it's going to tie into something that Linda, who's on as well, um, had mentioned or asked for, for for next week's session, which is how do you attract um, people who aren't in your geography who are looking to relocate? How do you attract them? So we're going to talk about how do you attract buyers in, in a bit more detail. Um, but now the question is, have you done either a Facebook search or both actually, a Facebook search or a Google search for your name? Just your first name and your last name. So, okay, now next is, have you done a search for, in Facebook and in Google, because those are the two most important places you wanna be found, real estate agents in whatever suburb or area, a subset of your, your major city. So, uh, good, good. And so next is, you know, um, so real estate agents in Ahwatukee, Judy, in your case. Um, all right, and then the next thing is, have you done uh, real estate agents in your general market. So Kelly, for you, um, if you did real estate agents in Seattle versus North Seattle. So uh, now the question then becomes, you know, and we're going to talk about this, but the second and third searches are what buyers are uh, and sellers, frankly, um, are using to see who's going to show up. Because most people, not everyone, but most people understand that, that um, people who are dedicated to marketing and to being prominent and successful are going to show up on a Google search. You want to be on page one or two. So, um, you know, they're also going to search for town names. Now, this is a great way to sneak in the back door. And Linda, you and I just talked about this, that there's, there's different things that you guys do um, that give you the opportunity to get visibility through another interest of yours. So whether you're interested in uh, dog rescues or um, uh, boating or in grandchildren, <laughs> frankly, I mean, Judy, you and I always talk about that. Um, you, can, you can use that, you could have your own uh, website, uh, a WordPress website, without any IDX or MLS, it would be your blog. 
that's where WordPress came from, by the way, is from the blogging community. And you could just type in your blogs and then hyperlink from your website to that blog or back and forth, which Google loves. Hello, Stephanie. Um, oh, hi, Linda. <laughs> just realized who it was. Um, so you, you want to, to if, if you don't have a website where you can add a blog, then you can actually create a blog that's about whatever your hobby is or whatever interest, but also mix in some real estate stuff and then say, hey, you want more information and then link back to your website. So um, the whole idea behind that is that people are going to search for the town name. And if you look at your standard website, whether it's um, if, if it's very IDX based, in other words, it, it leads with, you know, here's how you search for a home. And the whole thing is all about how do you find a home for you? that's very buyer oriented and you know if you know how to pitch that to a seller um, they'll understand it better but the whole idea behind being findable is typically I'm gonna type in the town name that I'm looking to live in so I need to to look at you know I'm interested in um, you know a 10 mile radius of, of downtown Phoenix as an example um, <laughs> oh that's very cool Beth um, so, um, greetings from Ohio. Good to see you, Hal. Um, boy, got everybody all over the place. That's great. Um, so think about ways that we can get you more findable on those two searches. Find, figure out or, you know, email me or pop me, pop me a message in here about where, where you're showing up. Are you on page five? Are you on page two? Uh, now the first one is cheating because you're typing in your own name. Uh, we can all type in our own names and find ourselves pretty quickly. Although there's more than one of me, apparently. Uh, <laughs> but I outrank her, so I've got the whole first page. Um, but that's the thing, right? People look up themselves and say, hey, everybody can find me. But here's the problem. Nobody knows your name for the most part. So we're going to talk about how this transitions into today's topic. And today's topic is how do you get the listing? So you've already drawn the seller to you and, and they basically have said, um, yes, I'm willing to meet with you. Okay. So <laughs> thanks, Judy. Um, so what, what we want to do is, um, thank you, Beth. Uh, thanks. <laughs> um, so the, the idea here is that, and, and this is a scary statement to make, your marketing that's out there right now is what people use to determine if they want to use you. So a seller, so I'm a homeowner, say I'm thinking about selling my house, um, I'm going to go search for real estate agents in say North Phoenix, even though I'm just outside of Phoenix, North Phoenix, and I'm gonna look at who I see, I'm gonna look at their Facebook pages, odds are I'm going to, hey Mercedes, I'm going to, um, see your personal page when I search for your name and <laughs> and I'm going to if you don't on your personal page in the intro section which is on well in your case left hand side that's my right um, then you uh, if you don't mention where your business page is I'm going to formulate my opinion based on your personal page so um, you know what we want to do is make sure that um, when they do find you that that they're seeing your marketing so on for instance Linda's page um, she has a, a great flyer about caravan for a cause and so people say oh 
colorful, you know, good use of, of space, you know, whatever. So they're going to see my home will be featured like that. So you have to think every time you create a piece of marketing for an existing listing or a past listing, and that's why the bag is behind us today, is that you want to bring those samples with you. You don't want to go in blind with a bunch of slides. You want to be able to say, here are some of the tools that I use to not only promote the listing, because you know, frankly, Craigslist doesn't work anymore, um, and certainly not very well. It, it, is, it, it will get you eyes, but it won't necessarily get you the right eyes. So um, the idea would be that your past marketing is making an impression for you to get the listing. So that's the overarching mentality is that people will be, sellers will be about 50%, if not more, um, on their way to deciding your fate before they even talk with you. Think about that. So what does your marketing say about you? And this is one of the reasons I say post every day on Facebook. It's not just that Facebook wants you to do that, but if you don't, what are people going to see? You know, if you post once every two months or once a month or even once a week, um, you know, if I'm a homeowner, I'm going to be like, well, this person's not, you're clearly not using access to 224 million leads out there, buyer leads who might want to buy my house here in Phoenix, who might be in Chicago or in Wisconsin, and they're wanting to move here. So you have to think about that that that's the other reason why you should be posting helpful tips and things that would draw buyers into your Facebook page because you want to show that to sellers and be able to say, you know, these are things, you know, and I boost a post once a week um, and make sure the buyers are aware um, that, that this is what I do and we would feature your home and here's an example of me featuring a home on my page. Lorraine has done that. Kirk has done that. Um, several other people have done that. Linda has done it. Uh, so these are, um, what they are is they're, they're the way that someone's going to do the research, you're showing them in advance how good you are and how different you are. I have news for you. 90% of other agents aren't doing this. So if you want to stand out from the crowd and you want to get the listing, you've got to do the, the work before you get to the appointment. And that's being able to show your marketing on Facebook and on, oh, preferably on a website too. You know, but um, some of you have restrictions on how you can do that. Uh, and that's why Facebook is such a great platform is that that's really something you own. To, to Judy's point, she posted and asked about uh, a Facebook article. And um, I said, well, this is Facebook saying, well, we need the brokerage's listings. And then Facebook will decide who sees your listing. It will show your listing to only buyers who fit the profile of the other buyers who are looking, which is a narrowing down um, of, of your audience, which I am not keen on, by the way. So I wouldn't be using those services. Um, in any case, what we want to do is talk about how are you going to get that listing based on the marketing that you have. So um, the, the catch is that your marketing can't look like everyone else's. So. Even if you've been referred, because I know a lot of you have referral business. So um, that's all well and fine, but I still don't know you, right? My friend's friends or aunt's sister's brother's cousin referred, said, hey, you know, here's, here's, a, here's a card or here's a person's name that, who, who sells real estate. Uh, I used her or, you know, if they remember the name or if they can't find the business card, who knows. But, but they, you know, I, this person's pretty good. 
So I'm still going to Google your name as soon as I get it and check it out. Now remember that 60, let's see, 25, yeah, so 61%, had to do that math in my head, 61% um, of buyers are either millennials, so their average age of buyers in the millennial generation is 30, and moving on up uh, for the, um, the, the Gen X guys, um, I believe it's 42. So, you know, if you think about that, um, those are people who will do a Google search and a Facebook search. Now, um, like for instance, if Hal wants to promote to seniors, they're on Facebook. And it's funny because people say, oh, well, they're just on Facebook to check their grandchildren's uh, progress. Every person on Facebook has a news feed. And every person on Facebook has friends other than their grandchildren. So what happens, and you guys have seen them, uh, hopefully you've seen some of mine, um, where in your news feed you'll see sponsored by and there will be you know, an, uh, um, either a workshop promotion or um, a Facebook Live session or, you know, anything, anything that you've demonstrated interest in in any way, shape or form, or if you fit the demographic of the audience that the advertiser selected, um, you're going to see that ad. So you can't say that, oh, well, seniors don't see that stuff. Sure, they do. They have a news feed. They see it. So, so think about um, how people are going to perceive you and how they're going to see you and how often do they see you. So that's one of the reasons why I, I end up every week, I do some sort of an ad for probably $40 a week um, to, to stay in front of a real estate agents. You want to do the same thing to stay in front of buyers and sellers, you know, and whether it's a tips document. So how with your website, what we'll do is we'll create um, a landing page, well actually you already have a couple of landing pages with tips and helpful information, so we'll create a Facebook post with a cool graphic or, or, or image or a video, a whiteboard video, and that will go from, you know, hey, click here, and when you click on that, it will take them to Hal's website for more information about home improvement tips, and uh, as an example. And so you see how people are being transferred uh, so they see how the seller, the homeowner, is seeing how you're taking their buyer, the prospective buyer, on a journey. And that you're always taking them to your website to see your featured listings. Now, I don't think that uh, Joy is on the line, but um, Joy has a site where we have a bunch of, you know, happenings, what's happening this month in her, in her area. And so that's a great thing to be able to promote. So again, remember that you want to show your, your seller, before you even talk with them, what you're doing. What, what do you do for marketing? So, um, so they're going to check and see that. Then they're going to look, because they're going to look at a personal page, they probably don't know about business pages. So if you're not pointing them to your business page, which, oh, by the way, gives your hours, your phone number, um, your website name. I mean, it gives them so much valuable information for learning more about you that if you're not pointing them to your business page, you're making a huge mistake. I would actually um, suggest that you, uh, on your personal page, you'll have it on the intro, right? And then because you want, remember I've always talked about post on your business page and then share onto your personal page. The other reason to do that is that it lets people know as they're scrolling through your personal page that you are a realtor. It reminds them which is also good for referrals. Okay, so 
The scary thought again is that a seller is likely to be 50% through the choosing process, the narrowing down. Maybe they started with you know 12 agents as a, as a Google list uh, and now they're down to five and you made the top five, they're gonna go and do more Google searches, they're gonna look at web, for a website, they're gonna look for how you're going to market their home. I did a workshop earlier uh, this week in Phoenix live and, uh, and we were talking about Facebook because we talked about that last week here. And uh, I asked how many people thought they were considered themselves their title as a marketer and no one raised their hands. And I said, so your first job is, is marketing. You just happen to have a real estate license. You're just a license to sell and represent homes. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the mindset difference in, in how you, you want to think of yourself and your business. You are a marketer and an educator first who happens to sell and, and, and represent homes. So um, that's an important distinction because I, as a homeowner, want to hire a marketer, right? Because most, I mean, FISBOs, uh, even though they're a small percentage of, of the overall homes that are available at about 8%, the lowest, um, in 2016, it was the lowest it's ever been, uh, percentage of FISBOs um, for sale by owners uh, compared to average home inventory. Um, but that's because, you know, I mean, you're going to see that change as people figure out how to use Facebook and how to use, you know, create a, a web page, you know, all those types of things. And guess what? You know, the, the sellers are getting younger as well as the buyers. And so they're going to learn how to do this. So how are you going to do it differently? Um, so, um, Judy is saying, I'm not fond of posting uh, uh, all my real estate info on my personal page because they are mostly family and friends out of state and I don't want to overwhelm them posting every day. Okay, so you don't, so the, the um, sharing on your personal page doesn't have to be every day. You need to post on your business page every day. Okay, so there's a difference. Now, if you have something once a week on your business page, share it on your personal page. Um, but the other problem with that is, is that um, we need to get um, you to not just have family and friends on your personal page uh, because the, the challenge is, is that you, you want to have people who are in the valley who like your page and um, because that's how we build our network, that's how we build our sphere of influence. So, uh, but that's another session. <laughs> how we digress. Um, okay, so so here's the thing. So let's say, so now you know that that you've got to make a phone call in order to set up an appointment. So the this is your first place, the phone call to set up the appointment, to have a listing conversation, another note. Um, so you're, this is your first opportunity to sound differently. So refer to your appointment as a listing consultation or a listing conversation. I will personally come over and shake you by the shoulders if you ever say the words listing presentation and you're a power agent. Because when you present, like I'm doing right now, even when I'm presenting, so I, presenting means I'm doing all the talking and you're doing all the listing. It resembles teaching, right? Um, but you are interacting, you are asking questions. So it's a pseudo conversation. Um, but if, if you want people to feel, you want a homeowner to feel like they're part of this, this experience. So a conversation is a more powerful word 
then consultation, but consultation is still good because it means you're in the position of authority and and you're, you're, you're consult, they are consulting you on what to do, pros and cons. So remember, the other spin on that is, is that if you said listing presentation, it means that, you know, here's my slide deck. I'm going to present to you for the next 30 minutes why you should choose me. Well, that's not an effective way for you to market yourself at all because I don't really want to hear about you. I want to learn about how I take my largest investment and sell it for the most money possible. And, and how are you going to make that happen? And I want to know those details. So it's by saying, you know what, let's talk about, you know, you've made this decision to sell your home. Let's talk about the different pathways we can go with this and, and have a conversation about it. Let, when would be best? So um, when you're setting the appointment, again, this, all this stuff happens way before you even start, before you even meet with them. So when you're making the phone call, I've had some people, I've asked them, well, do you know this, do you know that? Yes, I, I ask them all those questions on the phone. That's a mistake. Because if you start asking questions, the obvious questions, why are you selling? Um, you know, uh, what's your time frame? Um, you know, whatever other typical questions you would ask. You sound like every other agent, first of all, and, and, and you're also teeing them up for um, get, you're getting a bunch of information in advance that doesn't allow you to use those questions to, to head off in a different direction and, and probe a bit more. The phone call is to make the appointment. That's the goal. Get to the goal as quickly as you can. That being said, um, you can ask one or two unique questions. That means not why are you selling, okay, because that's kind of a personal question. and um, and it's probably something that most agents do ask. What's your time frame? Um, you know, have you tried to sell the house before? You know, any of those types of things. Those are boring. Those aren't differentiating. But what if you asked about what kind of experience they want to have? So um, I wrote up a question. Um, if you select me as your agent, so you're planting the seeds. See, it's the assumptive sell. Um, or you could say when you select me as your agent, which might be a little cocky on the first phone call. That's why I said if. Um, so if you select me as your agent, what one or two things could I do to make this the best experience possible for you? No, I would not say that. Uh, well, I mean, if they're talking, if you're talking to them, that's a good question, Mercedes. You know, how about who? You know, are you working with another agent? Um, uh, if they're I guess that would be a qualifying question to say, have, have you interviewed others? Remember, this is before you have the listing, or, um, but, but legally, you, you know, that might be a good question to ask. Um, but I wouldn't ask it in, in, the, um, in, the, in the first conversation, or in the first, in the first, as the first question. So what would be the best possible experience? What things could I do to make this the best possible experience for you, aside from the obvious? Um, uh, you know, with selling your house for the best price possible in your time frame. Um, yes, and and um, and that's actually one of the tips. See, you've read ahead. You want to be last, and we'll talk about why. Uh, most of you probably know that, but uh, or and and then say, you know, what what ways could I be unique? Um, you know, help you have the best experience. Because remember, no one's going to talk about the experience of home selling. And you are, because that's going to make you stand out. 
So when you do that, you, you can ask, you know, well, what do you love most about your home? And get some flair on, you know, some flavor on what is it about this home that's so unique? Because that's going to be your key marketing point, by the way, is if they love it, most likely buyers are going to love it or could potentially. So they might say location. They might say the big backyard. They might say the large deck. They might say uh, the open concept, um, you know, the updated kitchen. So that starts to give you an idea of what to focus on and also not to offend them when you walk in and go, oh my God, this is terrible. Uh, <laughs> or you need to fix this. And it was something their favorite thing, right? So it prevents you from stepping on your own toes as well. <laughs> um, so there's motivation behind these questions. So that would, Mercedes, if, if I were going to ask that question, um, I would say it more like, will you be speaking with other agents as well? Now, um, a part of the pro reason why I have a, a little bit of a hesitance on talking about that is that I kind of feel like uh, it shouldn't matter, right? Because um, you're going in and you're going to win this, this, this listing. So um, it doesn't really matter who else they're talking to. However, in, um, in the tips document, um, it does say, this is on Power Words, Power Profit, um, it, it, we, I do say, ask to be the last. Um, because, you know, out here, um, I've had people, agents tell me, you know, that I was one of 11. And by the time, the only ones they're going to remember are the last two or three. So here's the other thing is we're, now we're going to move into setting the appointment. So setting the meeting time. So you, want, you don't want to say, well, whenever works best for you. <laughs> I never want to know. I would agree, Jerry. Um, I wouldn't want to know. Um, yeah, um, yes, I would get definitely get face-to-face, -face. so you spot on. You want to get face-to-face -face because um, all you're trying to do is set the meeting time. The more that you talk on the phone, the more you start, they start to call you from the herd or start to make more um, decisions about you. And if you, if you say something wrong, you could, you could get blown off. I mean, people will, will cancel the appointment. So try to keep it to a minimum because almost everyone I know is better in person than they are um, uh, on the phone. And it, it, there's just a bonding that happens, right? Eye to eye contact. So do not say whatever works for you. And you can say, you know, well, um, what days and times do you have an hour open uh, in your schedule? And they're going to say, well, we've got, you know, da 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 da. da. You know, I, and, and then you can say, you know, uh, I would like to, all I ask is that. Um, I, you know, I would like to be towards the end of the, um, of the uh, list of agents that you're speaking with. At that point in time, Mercedes, to your point, um, they will tell you, oh, we're not speaking to any other agents or we're only speaking to two others. And that's like, well, I would, I'd kind of like to be last if that's okay with you. And they might say why. And then you can say, well, um, you know, I, I think that all, actually what you could say is all I ask is that you wait to hire an agent until we've spoken. That's another way to put it. So uh, all I ask is that you wait to hire an agent until you and I have sat down and gone through um, my marketing strategy and or how I market or, you know, how I, how I deliver a marketing strategy so that you have a better idea of who I am. And, and so that's, that's another way to say it. Then basically the way that you would choose. So if they say, you know, I have you know, Monday at two and Tuesday at six and Thursday at uh, nine a.m., 
you could say, well, I can make Tuesday at 6 p.m. work because you don't want to say, well, whenever you're available, I'm available. You want to sound busy and you want this to be a very professional interaction because remember, you're standing out from these agents every time you contact these people. Now, um, in, in the section uh, called Getting the Listing in the Power Word site, so um, when you click on that, you'll come to this page with the cute little um, uh, highlight on the, on the agent. And uh, on there um, is our, our emails or, and a phone script for verifying the appointment because you're going to want to do that the day before and then probably you know if you can I would also ask on the phone what's the best way for us to reach each other should I call you to verify the appointment or should I text you or would you like me to email you um, I find that that um, is important for most people uh, because everyone has busy lives and that's part of the, my service is to stay in good communication with you all right, so again, on the phone call, what you're doing is you're highlighting how you communicate, giving them options, um, in, giving them the impression you know, that you are busy. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Linda, Linda gifted this necklace to me, just so everybody knows, and it's, it's for puppy causes, um, for, for rescues and for animals who, who need medical health. So thank you so much, Linda. Um, so the idea here is, is so now what do you do? So you, you can get this information on the PowerWord site. So I want, you know, you arrive at the appointment. I want you to, to either write this down or listen closely or, you know, pay attention closely, is when you, when you say something is almost as important as what you say. So um, when you, you walk in the door, um, and, and this, is, this is actually from the book, um, Oren Claff's book, Pitch Anything, which I know reads backwards, but that's Pitch Anything. And uh, Judy, I think you might have been in the book club back in the day when we read that book. But we, the, it's ta he talks about owning the frame. And uh, what that means is you are the person in authority when you walk in. People are looking to hire you. So you own the frame. You're in control of the conversation. So as we walk through the listing consultation or conversation, um, you, you get to decide where the conversation goes and when. If you do not control the frame, meaning how the conversation goes, pro progresses, um, they will, and they will also feel like um, you aren't really sure of what you're doing. So this is all about, uh, you can still be friendly and everything that doesn't have anything to do with it. It, it, is, it is making sure that you answer their questions in your time frame, okay? Because that's, that's how you control the frame. So somebody interrupts you in the middle of a conversation and they say, oh, well, you know, what about this? And, and you can say, you know, that's a great question. Let me write it down and um, I wanna make sure to cover it, but I wanna get through some of this other material and then we'll be, we'll be you know, we can talk about that in just a minute. Is that okay with you? So always end with, is that okay with you or does that seem fair? Those are great questions to ask to get them to nod yes. So um, the science behind nodding yes, I don't know if you guys know about this, but if you can ask someone uh, a question and get them to nod five times or acknowledge yes, whether it's, you know, what a beautiful day. Yes, it's gorgeous. Um, you know, is this, does this seem fair? Yes. 
right? The, the more likelihood that they, and it's a psychological thing, it's very bizarre, it works on everybody and in every situation. Uh, if you get people to start to acknowledge, then they say, you know, well, so would you like, you know, would you like us to sit down and, and sign a contract? Yes, and that's exactly where we're headed. <laughs> so um, that's what I mean by controlling the frame is that uh, you want to um, acknowledge people's questions, but you also want to um, <laughs> want to uh, ensure that you um, engage with them, but also can have some sort of control, that you're guiding the conversation, basically. So, a couple of key tips, and uh, then we're gonna kind of get, get into um, what the listing consultation looks like. Do not use a laptop, number one thing. So, and again, you know, if you go to Power Words, Power Profit, and go to Getting the Listing, these lessons are here and then this document which is called selling a homeowner's home or house and then there's five pages of information and lists of what to do what not to do scripts everything is in there so you print it off and um and review it um to make sure that you have you dotting your i's and crossing your t's you do that the morning of the listing uh consultation or uh, the night before so do not use your laptop or a tablet to, to go through your slides. Always, always, always print out hard copies for, if it's two people, two, 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 uh, two slide decks plus your own, in color. I was appalled a couple of years ago, um, uh, a friend of mine in, uh, was selling her house and she said, oh well, you know, this guy's in my um, networking group. And I said, really, I've never heard of him before. <laughs> And I said, but that doesn't mean anything. And uh, so you met with him, you know, let me see his slide deck. And she hands it to me and it's in tiny print. Um, it, it was very bizarre. It was all in black and white. It was um, bulleted list, no laptop, nope. Um, because here's the thing. First of all, laptop or a tablet is very inconvenient if you have two people. Secondly, you're now controlling the device and I can't take notes, I can't, scribble anything. I can't express myself because you've taken it away from me. So immediately, I'm resentful of you. Think of the human contact of what a listing conversation is. I'm deciding on you as a person. If the first thing you do is say, well, I'm too cheap to print off color copies, which as it turns out, this guy is. I, and I had other agents who have said, you know, well, I can't afford the color print. Well then, get a job. You know, find a way to, fu to, to fund color printing. Go work at Staples and get a discount. Um, whatever you need to do, guys, because this makes a much better impression uh, than, gosh, I don't even have a bad example, um, of just a black and white bulleted list. Uh, if you'll notice, so, so this is the title slide. So, so never a laptop, never a tablet. Always print however many people are going to be there um, with, yeah, exactly. Well, you look like you're out of business if you do black and white. You look like you're so poor and desperate for this listing that you can't afford to print it off in color. And that's just sad. So, you know, and you certainly don't want to convey that. Even if you're, you know, struggling, you don't show, you never tip your hand, right? So um, figure out a way to get these printed in color. You know, almost everybody has a color printer. That's where these came from. 
If you don't have a color printer, get one. If you know they're 125 bucks, printers are cheap. Ink is expensive, so um, so notice the color, the the photos. So if you're going to print in color, you might as well put photos on your listing consultation deck, right? Because that's what draws the eye. People go, oh, this is so pretty, right? So that's what you want. You want them to say your slide deck is so pretty. It's it's attractive. It's it's visually appealing. All right, and black and white is not, bullet points are not. So you'll notice, so this is the home, this is the home slide, and again, this is all on PowerWords, PowerProfit, under getting the listing. And you'll see here that if I've kept just one sheet, I have Jane Smith's name, um, her tagline, uh, her text or call me, email me at, uh, find out more at, and the website name. And then the brokerage logo is down here. Because this is your key picture. So Kelly, you know, your picture um, with um, your friend at the table or uh, your picture with the other guy, you know, that would be here. And then pictures of you with other clients. And uh, remember, you can do, I mentioned this um, earlier in the week, um, you can do uh, pictures with your friends. All right, you, you don't worry about, well, I don't have another closing for another three weeks. Forget about it. Call your you know, four best friends. Say, we're going to go over to um, the library and we're going to take pictures of us all sitting around you know, in a meeting room. Um, so, so this is going to get you the listing. This alone could get you the listing. Because what everybody else is doing is big brokerage logo, no name, right? If you're lucky, somebody's put their name. And then it just says, phone number, email address, and website, if there is one. That's it. That's lame. This says, I'm a person. This is my value proposition, so that's my tagline. Uh, you, this one says Greater Phoenix Area. Um, and then text or call me, so there's three calls to action on the homepage. So if I just keep this one sheet, I've got everything I need to know about you. See, it's a big business card. That's what you want, right? Because likelihood of somebody keeping the entire deck isn't that high, but they will tear off the front page. It's possible they will keep the deck. Um, so what I've done in the, and, and you can edit these or you can just copy them. I mean, just download the slide deck and then add the testimonials on the, one of the last slides and you're done. Um, you just need to add your brokerage name in the footer. But notice um, the block. So this is a, a, a block. I tried to keep them simple so that if you are using your own printer that you don't use up too much ink. But notice the, the arrows. They're not just the black bullets. Notice the size of the font. Notice the spacing of the list. Okay, so it's, it's about presentation in, in the aspect of print. What does this look like? How is this person going to market my home? Does, does what she's presenting or he's presenting make an impression on me so that I know that they're going to make an impression on buyers? Okay, so this one says, let's talk about your wants and needs. So what is your ideal home selling experience? What is most important to you during this experience? And you can reference the phone call if you've asked that question. What do you see your role in this experience? So what are you going to do? Because you're gonna to wanna to go through that with them, which means keeping the house clean, um, potentially getting rid of a bunch of furniture because, you know, I don't know if Lorraine's on the call, but man, in New England, they're all about the, like the corduroy, puffy recliners and, and, and sofas. And there's nothing that makes a room look smaller than that furniture. Um, you know, 
rent, rent some furniture that's very streamlined and contemporary that takes up a lot less space because you want the room to look comfortable, but you don't want it to look like it's furniture from the 80s either. So you might have that conversation with them at this point and say, what do you see your role in? We're gonna talk more about that. Uh, when you, you know, should you decide to use me, I've got you know, some things to share with you that I found to be most effective. What do you see my role as, aside from the fact that you know, I have a real estate license you know, from a marketing and education perspective, what, what is it, you know, how do you see me communicating with you? And, and ask those kinds of questions. No one else is asking those questions. They're just talking about their brokerage and how they can list on, you know, how they can, you know, they'll make a flyer. That was one of the things that the guy did. You know how I feel about flyers. Flyers are for lost dogs. Promo sheets are for homes. Um, why did you fall in love with this home? Because now you're going to get them emotionally engaged. So you don't want to, um, you don't want it to be a sterile conversation. Why did you, oh my gosh, that's such a great story. You know what, maybe we could tie that into some of the marketing as, you know, some of the history of, of the home, whatever they're talking about, right? Uh, and what do you love about it right now? Okay, what questions do you have about the process? Allow them to get warmed up, right? Because when they're talking, they feel in control. You want them to do 70% of the talking, believe it or not, and you only do 30%. This is really a listening conversation, not a listing conversation. You want to pull them out. Most realtors, this is the reason why we don't use a laptop, Mercedes. One, you're looking at the laptop and you're going, see here, you know, see here, and then see here, and then see here, and, and you're not, in, it, there's no eyeball to eyeball because you know, they're looking down, they're looking up. It's like so. So tell me, you know, what it is that that you know you want from this experience, and then you just sit there and listen, and then they share and they look right at you, like I'm looking at you right now. The the other thing is is um, if any of this makes you nervous, right? So you want to make sure. Oh, I got to do this. I got to do that, and I'm going to forget. Bring a notepad, you know, and a portfolio, preferably something with a cover and say, you know, I like to take notes. I was thinking about your present, you know, this, this home and, and what we talked about on the phone. And so I've taken some notes and I'd like to be able to refer to them. Are you okay with that, in, that I take notes? So you're asking for permission. What you're doing, remember I said controlling the frame? You want them to have control of the frame within reason, right? So you want to check in with them. Those are check-in questions more than anything, where you hand them the frame so they feel like they're engaged in the conversation, that you're not just talking at them for 45 minutes to an hour. So you say, you know, is it all right with you if I take some notes? I've also written down some notes and I'd like to make sure that I, I cover everything because thoroughness is an important quality, I believe, in a real estate agent. Think about that. Nobody else is going to say that, guys. Nobody else. So again, every little, every little, a friend of mine used to call it stacking the blocks. Every little thing that you do, you stack a block in your favor. Every little differentiator. Every little, is that okay with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Take notes. Refer to those. Not only that, but you just made an impression. You clearly have been thinking about this listing before this conversation. So you're making an impression. Wow, you know, she spent some time thinking about this. Bam, exactly, Pamela. <laughs> Mic drop. Um, so then the next one is the home selling process overview. And what I did is I made this, you know, basically the list, um, which you guys are all familiar with, but I kept it on one page. A lot of people make this um, too long. 
right? So you start going through everything. Um, you want this to look pretty simple because it's pretty overwhelming. So you can just say, look, this is a process overview all on one page. This is pretty much the way it all happens. And um, let's kind of go, through, you know, do you want, so rather than going through it, right? Because remember, this can get pretty tedious for the, for the homeowner, especially if you're the fifth or sixth person they've been talking to. So instead say, do you, would you like me to go through this? Um, uh, or, um, you know, do you want to talk about it later? And let them decide. Again, control, handing control of the frame over for a brief moment to allow them to decide. Now, <coughs> excuse me. This slide's gonna blow you away because it's uh, it's probably the busiest slide I've ever made in my entire life. Here it is, ta-da! And this is called Sample Marketing Tools List. Now, if you're going to have a lot of text on a document, Marketing Tools, in your case, is the best one to have the, the most information, okay? But notice, I did it in a two-column format, and what I did is, I was a little nasty, um, so here are just a few of the method, methods I'll use to reach thousands of buyers. That's what the lead sentence says, okay? And then it talks about websites, innovative card designs, just listed signs, um, create, print, and distribute, uh, creative open house invitation cards. But wait, let me show you one in your goodie bag, right? And in the goodie bag, you, can, you, you should bring some sort of a gift. Bringing it this way is much more impressive. But if you had a little, a little gift bag and gave them a house-shaped keychain or a measuring tape for their new home, um, you know, something along those lines. But you, the gift bag, the larger gift bag, allows you to say, you know, this is an example of a Facebook post. So, um, yeah, Mercedes, we did an entire uh, 20 minutes on, on that bag behind me, but I'll, I'll go through it today as well because it's important. So you have this in there. Um, you would the listing consultation um, can be uh, stapled or put into actually you could put it into uh, now it's school time right put it into a um, a uh, folder right not a not that kind of folder where you slip stuff into but instead more of a presentation document okay so I'll buy one of those and, and show you what I mean uh, by that but paint the experience, video marketing, all these things that are very different. And then the part where I got a little mean is I said, plus the usual items all real estate agents provide to market a home. Listing your home on the MLS, provide you with a yard sign, install a lockbox if needed. But all the other agents are gonna say, now this says build and post Craigslist ads weekly. I will probably pull that uh, from this um, because it's not, it's not an effective way to market a home at this point. But I do mention Facebook posts and ads featuring your home, um, paint the experience descriptions of the, for the MLS and other documents so that you guys know. I mean, I've told you about, you know, um, and you saw Chris's post um, that said that he got a $1.3 million listing just on the MLS description because he wrote it through the paint the experience eyes, the way that, that I write uh, and the, what the MLS worksheet shows you in this section, getting the listing. Show them two or three MLS descriptions that you've written in the past. They're immediately going to see a difference. Even the competing agent who lost the listing said that's a really fantastic MLS description. So, um, and that's enough, that to me is one of the key ways that you can actually get a listing is to say, here's an example of three MLS. You know, once you do this, this 
this slide and say, you know, let me show you some examples. So first of all, I cut this out. You don't have to, but um, I did a terrible job at it too. Um, you know, this is the type of invitation that says you're invited. So when we do an open house, we'll do an invitation like this. I'll post it on Facebook and I will promote your home to uh, anywhere between um, uh, 50,000 and 100,000 potential buyers. Um, we'll also encourage people to uh, share the post and we would certainly appreciate it if, if you have a Facebook page and would like to share it and let people know that you're having an open house, you can post it on your page too. This allows us the most viral um, opportunity to find the buyer that's right for you. Okay, so then uh, in your goodie bag, you also have, I had a bunch of stuff in here and I took most of it out. Um, you'll have um, my way of, of helping buyers understand how to use your home to their advantage, to their best advantage. So we've got this acrylic holder and you would just set it down uh, in each room and each room has a different message. So welcome to your new home is the, and the picture of the home is the same for all of these pieces. However, what changes is a call to action where it says enjoy this room as an office or a craft room. Um, enjoy, you know, imagine and you, there's eight of these on the PowerWords Power Profit site under, um, you've got a listing now what, which is uh, now called, I changed the names of them to, to be more reflective of your language instead of mine. So you could find stuff. <laughs> I think that was the problem. Um, so uh, it's now called um, Marketing the Listing Effectively. And so it will say, um, for the living room, I think it says, imagine uh, making family memories in this living room. Because uh, one of the conversations you can have with your homeowner is, you know, the, the thing that people miss, and, and have talk like I do. <laughs> Use my words, it's okay, I'm good with that. Um, you know, say that one of the challenges that, that most real estate agents have is in using words that help people imagine what it would be like to live in your home. And what they see is your memories and your furniture. And, and um, you know, it's not bad to have furniture in the home, um, but we do want to have it be um, uh, clean enough or um, pure enough or, or have less personalized items because we want them to feel like they can move in, that this would be their home. And so part of that is to help them with this because when uh, when other agents are doing private tours, not showings, we show dogs, we private tour homes, um, the, um, the idea is, is that we want to help an agent when they're doing a private tour. I won't always be here, potentially, and so we want to be able to help them help the buyer imagine how to use a room or to help them envision living there. And that's what these signs are, is they're, they're ways of helping a buyer see how to use this room or what to imagine in their life. And so that's a very different thing. Now the, um, the calls to action, see yourself living here, fall in love, make an offer. All right, so lots of calls to action on that. So that's part of the goodie bag. And then of course you'll wanna put some sort of a gifty in there um, like I said, a keychain or, or a measuring tape or something like that, and preferably one that might have your, um, you know, something that's relevant to you. Um, if nothing else, you can attach a business card. But um, if you have a sticker or something, logos. No one's necessarily going to remember the logo. Um, so you, you know, that's that's one of those things that you have to decide where you want to draw the line. 
And then um, there's you know a section on uh, you know bringing innovation to real estate marketing. So this talks about your commitment. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, our comps uh, important is the next slide. Uh, and I spelled out the word comp for comparable because comparables, um, yeah, it was an expired listing as well. That's why the agent said, geez, I wish I had written that, that MLS description. Um, so comparables, and then there's um, a list of, you know, what, what does a comp, what are comps, wh why are they important, uh, what's selling in your neighborhood and for how much, and what does that mean for your listing? Because that's a really important um, conversation to have is to say, you know, how much do you think your home's worth? And immediately they're going to say, we looked on Zillow or Realtor.com or whatever. Uh, and, you know, the homes around us are selling for, and they'll pick a number, you know, say 450 And you can say, all right, so what is it that, you know, and, and talking about price. So on, on the site, in this document, there's a section called when to talk about price. Make sure that you don't head in that direction too early. Remember, the reason why you're there is to be selected as their agent. You can have the price conversation after they select you. Because if you, if you start down the path of talking about price, when you get to this slide, um, potentially they're going to ignore everything else after that. So I would put pri the pricing conversation at the very end. Um, or somewhere close to it. And so um, the, the concept, what you deliver here, rather than heading down the pricing conversation, is to say, so the, things, the thing that you wanna take away from comparables is what, you know, what are homes in the area selling for? But here's the detail that most homeowners, and you may not have done this, but I wanna make sure, um, uh, what most homeowners do is they look at the price, the total price. <clears throat> what you want to look at is the price per square foot. So if a home is selling for, <clears throat> you know, 450 and it's a 3,000 square foot home, well, and your home's a 2,000 square foot home, they're not going to sell for the same amount. And uh, unfortunately, in the homeowner's mind, they're just looking at that sticker. They're not looking at price per square foot. So under what does this mean to your listing, I would talk about price per square foot and say, did you do the calculation of price per square foot uh, on that and then multiply it times your number of square feet? That's what I tell homeowners to do to get a ballpark. And then of course, you know, the different things that are different about your home, whether you have a swimming pool or an extra two car garage or more land, um, then, then you know that's going to affect the price as well, um, right? So, so the the thing is, is that's not the conference. So Hal said, but my house is worth more because, and and you can say, all right, well, let's talk about that in just a minute, because you want to hear them what they say, what they think, is is what what their reasoning is, and say, you know what, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, and table it. Do not allow them to head you off in a direction that is not part of finishing your presentation. And that's what, when you're talking to the slides, that's what this becomes, right, is a presentation. So um, you don't, wait, but what price prefer they vary according to listing? Uh, no, they won't, typically. Um, 
It, well, it would depend. So, so for out here in Phoenix, um, and where I'm at, right? So my comps are between 185 and $200 a square foot. So there's a swag there. There's a, a little bit of a, a, um, a range. But in general, if you're looking at a particular market, your comps are right around that house. Price per square foot will be similar. Uh, and then whatever's different about their home will either add value or not. So um, there should be a range. There should be a pretty tight range, 150 to 200, for instance. It won't be off by more than that, I wouldn't think. And then the question is, what's different about their home? So listen to that response, how when they say, my house is different. So you don't want to have a pricing conversation in the middle of you making an impression about marketing. Because the bottom line is, the house has to be priced correctly. That's important. But we want to talk about your marketing. We want to focus on your marketing strategy. Because ultimately, when they stop and think about it, they want somebody who knows how to market their home because it doesn't matter what the price is. They could be giving away the home, but if nobody knows about it, it doesn't do you any good, right? So you might even say that to them and say, you know, pricing is important. Um, and we're going to talk about that because there's several factors to that. But I want to point out that every realtor you meet with better have a good, strong digital marketing strategy uh, and a print type strategy for inside the home as well as um, a print strategy for MLS, uh, for um, Facebook, you know, and, and what, what it is, words are so important. People aren't going to pay any attention. If they can't find your home, how much your home is, how much your, what the price of your home is, is not going to be important. You have to find it first. That's why you want someone who understands marketing. Okay, so that's what you're going to sell them on. Because bottom line, price is going to be, that's an ugly conversation because it doesn't differentiate you at all. So your next slide is what your clients say about you. You don't have to read that to them. Just say that's for your reference to read later. And then putting your home on the market. And this basically walks them through um, what's going, what the actual process is and what, you, what they need to do. And then there's a glossary of real estate terms, which is another thing that you'll never see in a listing consultation, is a listing of information that's helpful for them to know. So now, once you get to that point, you've talked about marketing, you've kind of gone through the highlights. What I would call that is I've written down some highlights of, uh, of different types of information that I find that my clients ask about most. Why don't we spend, you know, 15, 20 minutes going through these? That's how I would introduce this. Um, and then uh, we'll talk about price and, and uh, more in detail and um, talk about uh, how we, how we want to proceed. And one of the other things that I, that I skipped on that's also very important is where you have this conversation. So have it at the dining room table where you're either sitting between people or you're sitting uh, like Jane is here with them sitting here so that you can show them things together and they can share if they want, they want to share a slide deck. Um, the reason for this is do not sit in the living room. Do not sit in the living room or uh, a family room or someplace where everybody's kind of sprawled out and you know, you're, you're kind of uncomfortable. Sit at a table. Um, and in the dining room table or kitchen table is fine, but um, it's important for you to physically be close to them 
And if they put you in the living room, they're they're putting probably putting you in a chair, or you can sit on the sofa, and they're going to sit here, and the other one's going to sit here, and it's totally there's no dynamic going on there. They've taken they've owned the frame. They've decided how close you're going to be to them. So if they decide to you know they will start walking into the living room, and say you know what I. My clients always prefer to, to um, have a seat at the dining room table and that way we can, you know, I can reach over and show you some things and it'll just be easier. And try to get them to make sure that that's where they meet is at a living room, or I'm sorry, a, a dining room or a kitchen table, okay? Um, and then you've got your goodie bag, which is theirs, which shows you them examples of things that that um, that you do. So it would be the, the you know, the flop, you'll wanna use the, the Facebook ad um, piece um, your uh, MLS descriptions, so showing examples of those, and um, we can put those together for you. Um, oh, yeah, so the little children distracting. So here's another opportunity or a question is um, if they have small children, is it possible to offer to pay for a babysitter for an hour so that you guys can go out and meet at um, a quieter venue? Because uh, meeting in the house, you don't you don't necessarily need to be do this inside the house. I mean, yeah, yes, that's probably advantageous. But they're having a conversation with you about choosing a realtor. They're not necessarily it's not necessarily about the house or to meet around the corner from the home and then say then let's go back to the home. So get away from the small children because you know you, if you have that situation, I would figure out a way around it. Because if you don't, they're telling you you're not important enough for us to figure out what to do with the children. Um, the children are probably, you know, potentially not very well behaved. They want mommy, mommy and daddy's attention because mommy and daddy probably been gone all day, and you can't blame the little guys or girls. Um, so that's just a recipe for disaster. So figure out a way. Say, you know what? I will pay for a babysitter for an hour, let's go get away from the children for a little bit and have this conversation and just around the corner and then, yeah, I can only imagine. Uh, and then uh, let's go back to the house. It'll, you know, maybe we just talk for you know, 30, 30 or 45 minutes and get back to the kids. But this is, this is your largest investment. Quantify it. This is your largest investment. We need to be focused on exactly how we want to proceed. I want to make sure that I give you my undivided attention. I'd appreciate the same from you. Remember, this is a professional conversation. This isn't, here, let me bend over backwards and let you stomp on me and ignore me while I try to win your business. That's just so degrading, and it's inappropriate on their part. So, you know, and understand who you want to talk with. So, uh, Judy said, my experience has been with some clients, they say, I don't care about all that stuff, just what's the bottom line price and what is your commission? Then I would get up, Judy, I know this can be really hard, I get up and say, you know, the thing about... Um, real estate is that if someone doesn't know about your house price and commission are unimportant and so um, my clients find me to, to be the best marketer of their homes and that's what I that's what I base my business on so if marketing is not important to you and it's important to me then I don't think we're a good match for each other because I know based on the homes that I've sold that it is the number one most important thing. Price is also important, I'll give you that, but um, that means that the price has to be one that, it, that meets 
that, that helps facilitate you achieving your goals. So you get the most amount of money for the time frame that you're given by the market, not by you. So if your home is on the market for more than 30 days, we're stuck with a price reduction. We would have been better off, and I actually on Power to Power Profit, I, I wrote up a, a math thing where it basically said, um, if you overprice your home, if you choose a price that is too high for the market, you will actually earn less by the time we sell it. Because for every 10 to 15 days your home is on the market, you lose $10,000. Let's use that as an example. You know, and, and so uh, meaning that buyers are going to offer, oh, this home's been on the market for 30 days. Let's offer $10,000 less or $20,000 less. If you choose not to accept that offer, that's your choice. But understand that your house will probably be on the market for another two weeks, at which point in time the next buyer will offer $20,000 less because they are assuming that you're putting the house on the market to sell it. So if you are, the question is, what's your highest priority? Is it how much money you take away, how much money you can invest in your next home, or is it time frame? How quickly do you want to sell it? Those are the, the two points. Um, we'll do price reductions after 30 days. Uh, I think that's, um, yeah, and I think that's a good idea. Um, right, so I tell them nobody will find it, buy it if they can't find it, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I got it, Judy. <laughs> I, I tend to agree with you, Jerry. That was my first reaction. So Jerry said, I think 30 days is too long, especially considering that <clears throat> I would say every 15 days, Judy, I would change that uh, in the future. I would say every 15 days only because, um, let me put it this way, rather than saying that you have to do one, I would say, uh, yeah, 15 days, yeah, 14 days. Um, I went split 30 and a half. Um, so um, I would position it as we should revisit the price every two weeks and I you know and we will do price reductions if appropriate based on our conversation because at least in the Phoenix market after 45 and I would assume Jerry you're running into the same thing and 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 uh, everyone else on the line um, if it if it's 45 days old, it is your your buyers are not going to they're not going to make an offer that's anywhere near that list that asking price. So you know those and maybe what I could do. Let me know if you want me to do this. Is what if I came up with a marketing piece that you could put in your goodie bag um, that uh, kind of walks through that logic. So you'd have a a, a promo sheet or a, a you know a document that you can hand out and say. I want to show you this because it, it's very important. So in, that's what I did on the, and I can't remember which which a module I put it in, but I kind of walked through. You know, here's here's where you're at, and here's the logic of a buyer. And maybe I could make it into an infographic: the logic of a buyer versus the logic of a homeowner. Um, okay, <laughs> and and it's kind of a takeaway, and it's a conversation piece that you can use because I know that this is the touchy part. Now, commission, you bring up an interesting point. Oh, gosh, an hour is, just goes by so quickly. Um, so the commission thing, um, so first of all, if they're asking about commission, you need to back up that truck. 
because you know where they're headed with that, right? They're trying to, you know, move down your commission and, and that is happening. So I think a price adjustment is a very smart term. Price reduction scares people, right? A price adjustment is, is, as a, as a much better term. So good job, Judy. Um, so when you're talking about commission, back up the truck and say, all right, so you bring up a very good point and, and, um, this isn't something I usually, uh, that my clients usually um, ask about, but um, out of respect for you, I will address the issue because it's none of their darn business how much money you make. Um, yeah, well, so, yeah, we'll talk about that in a second, uh, Linda, about Zestimate being way off. Um, it's, there's a reason why it's called a Zestimate. It means that they blindly made a, made a, made a price guess. Um, and all you have to do is go to realtor.com or any other competing site and show them what the homes are going for. Um, see, here's the problem. At that point in time, you've allowed them to take control of the listing conversation. You've allowed, and, and now you feel like you're backpedaling and defending, and that is the worst position for you to be in. So we don't want you in that position. So to commission's point, first of all, you say, you know what? Let me educate you a bit um, on how this all works and how I get paid. Because really, that's what you're asking is, how do I get paid? My brokerage pays me nothing. Okay, I am not on a salary. The, the money that I make, I, I, um, so the, that percentage uh, that we agree upon, um, immediately my brokerage gets, and, and you can tell them if you want, you don't have to, but you can say my brokerage takes a percentage, right? My, and there's actually an infographic that shows how much you actually get at the end of this thing. Or you could say, if you want the short version, say here's a NAR statistic. In 2015, the average real estate agent made 42.5. In 2016, the average real estate agent made 37.5. So now you know about you know you know you know what the average agent makes. So if your concern is that I'm being overpaid or that I'm not earning my money, you know, and and you really don't want to head down that path because now you're putting words in their mouth. The other way to handle the commission question is to say that's an interesting question. Why do you ask? So they may say, "What's your commission?" And that's like, well. My commissions over the past 12 months have been, uh, on average, 5.5%. Now, know that if another agent brings a buyer, if I don't bring the buyer, or I attract other agents who bring their buyers, I have to split that. So immediately it goes down to 2.75%. Um, and they get 2.75%. And so you can do the math. Um, 2% goes to the marketing and 2% goes to my broker and he pays me out of that. Okay, so that's a good way to put it too. Um, yes, yeah, exactly. Right, they think you get 6% and the other agent gets 6%. So again, this is an education conversation, but put it at the very end and say, just so you know, we've talked about all the things that I do differently than other agents. What we're talking about right now is true of every agent you're going to hire. It's not a differentiator for us. It's not a differentiator for you. You are not going to get to keep more money. This is pretty standard stuff. You know, it may vary by 0.25%, but you're going to see that in the type of marketing that you get potentially. So, um, right. So, and, and you know what? It's like, well, that's fine. You know, I like Jerry's example of 2% goes to the co-broke, 2% goes to marketing, 2% goes to the broker and they pay, they, and he pays you out of that. That will work. 
because then you say, well, okay, so 2%, 2%. What 2% do you suppose you're not getting? Probably marketing, right? So, so agents will go as low as 1%. It just depends on what the, what the seller's looking for. Um, and, and so you have to have that conversation delicately. And honestly, I would, if I were in your situation, I would say, that's an interesting question. Why do you ask? What are your concerns? Because, um, and they also, that's why they are below poverty level, you know, whenever they do something like that. Um, yeah, it's scary. Um, so, so you want to, and I'm so glad you guys are, are, you know, typing this stuff up and helping each other. Cause that's really what power agents is about. I'm here to facilitate the conversation, but this is great that you're, you're, you know, typing in information. I appreciate that. Um, so, so there's that. And then, um, I think, uh, Zestimate, Linda, that was your question. So Zestimate is called a Zestimate because, you know, the definition of an estimate is uh, a guess. Sort of kind of taking some data points and throwing it together. It is not a data point. That's why we do comps. That's where I would talk about that. But don't bring up Zestimate. Don't you be the one who brings up Zestimate. Let them be the one who brings it up. So, um, you know, the, the ultimate question there would be, you know, well, it's a data point, but it's not a valid data point. Um, and, and so what we want to do is we want to look at the comparables, the comparables that are here, depends on how you want to say it, um, and, and look at what this price per square foot is. And then we want to look at what things in that base price per square foot, that range that we're seeing, where do you fit in that? Because, right, so the same home, uh, you know, no pool, small yard, you know, Mercedes, to your point, um, you know, uh, laminate countertop or laminate countertops and and stock um, kitchen appliances. Uh, we'll we'll price out at say you know a hundred and twenty five dollars a square foot. The home next to it, same size home, has a swimming pool, granite countertops, you know, high end custom appliances and uh, cabinets. It's going to price out at one seventy five a square foot. So now you have your range. So the question is, are you somewhere in between? That's where we start, is somewhere in between. And then we look at, you know, are you at the base house, closer to the base house uh, finishes, or are you more towards the luxury home finishes? And that's where you can help them understand the price per square foot. They can start to do that math and realize where they fit. And I would totally, um, you know, totally get the uh, focus on the on on that and discredit the um, the Zestimate um, example. So Linda said on Zillow listing, should we put something about Zestimate being inaccurate? Um, you could, um, or you could say, well. Uh, I would put an asterisk, I had to think about that, and, and just say, note, Zestimates have been known to be 50% uh, off in, in their validity. So I wouldn't say it's being inaccurate, because that's a hard line. This is a wrong, right? Because then they're going to think you're making it up. But instead, just a note, an asterisk note that says, you know, please note, you could say that as well, um, Zestimate, um, Zestimates have been known to be over 50% inaccurate or uh, off off base or however you want to word it. 
Um, Judy uh, said, Jerry, I don't get that. Why or how could it? Uh, could they do it? They can't. The bottom line is, is that they can't. Um, they go out of business. There's a lot of realtors who fail miserably at real estate. So um, they believe, and this is um, a, a belief of scarcity. So you guys come from a place of abundance. There's plenty of homes out there, guys, to list. There's plenty of buyers out there to, to promote these homes to. People who live in scarcity believe that if they're cheaper, if they're the Walmart of real estate, that somehow their five listings that they're going to get for the entire 12 months out of the year are somehow, if they do it cheap enough, they'll get them. And the problem with that, one, is they get a bad reputation. Two, they don't make any money. And three, they're overworking at Home Depot. So um, don't val validate that mentality in any way, shape, or form. So, um, yeah, and so that seems kind of, of uh, unusual. So I have seen that here in Phoenix as well, Jerry, where um, you sign a double agreement where um, I will represent your home for 4% and help you do that, but you have to list it with me. So bottom line is, is they get 2% if they co-broke, um, 2% uh, from the sale of the home, and then they take the 3% from the uh, buying of the next home, and that gets them to 5 So uh, that's, that's a lot of work for 5%. Um, so it, it really depends on how you want to position yourself. Um, you know, so that's, that's an option. It's neither right or wrong, it just is. And so you have to, to think about um, how you want, what type of realtor do you want to be? What's your brand? How do you want to position yourself? So, and Jerry, uh, just to wrap up, because we're way over, uh, their office is right down in front of everybody, uh, but it, it doesn't seem to affect the rest of us. No, and it, uh, brick and mortar means nothing anymore. We have no attention span for a brick and mortar. Most people will not walk in because they do not want to be stuck. So people will walk by and, and look at listings if they're visiting, if they're out on the windows, but they will never walk in. And that's, you know, because you don't want to be sold to. All right, me too, got to go. Thanks, guys, for your time. Thanks for all your interaction. I really appreciate it. I hope you found this helpful. Uh, Linda, I hope that this, you know, was kind of what you were looking for. If not, guys, please post on Power Agents and let me know. Uh, what else, what other topics or questions that we want to discuss together. Thank you again for all your participation. Uh, this is what this is for. So thanks again. You guys take care. All right.